You're listening to the Maniverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 80. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. My name is Tom Traplin, I'm your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about building profitable and successful game businesses. In today's episode, we have three special guests on the show, two of which you've probably heard from before as they're frequent guests on the roundtable episodes of the podcast. We have John Cobiello and William Milstead. And along with us, we have a special guest, a returning guest from way back in the day at the beginning of the podcast. We have Gordon Johansson. Gordon is the owner of the Sentry Box in Calgary, Alberta. You may have heard of the Sentry Box because it is the biggest game store in the world. The topic of today's episode is holiday sales. And the reason that we ended up uh, having this discussion is because uh, prior to this podcast, I was in, we were emailing back and forth, Gordon and I, and he told me that uh, after, in response to my question of just how was 2018, how was everything going, he told me that he had a fantastic Boxing Day sale. In particular, he said that he had lines that were 50 people long for like four hours straight, and he sold over $36,000 in, uh, you know, product in only a single day. $36,000 in sales in a single day. I thought that would be a fantastic topic to break down and really figure out what did you do to achieve those kinds of numbers. So that's the topic of today's podcast. We're talking about uh, holiday sales, so Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, uh, the Christmas season, all of that stuff, and what each store owner did to generate the sales that they've uh, they managed to receive and just there's also a topic of uh, the topic of discussion of you know uh, sales in general should you have them how often should you, should you do them that kind of thing discounting we really go deep on numbers in this one it's a great episode filled with lots of strategies and techniques that you can use in your game business to generate some fantastic sales in 2019 so that's the topic for today's show I hope you really enjoy it, and let's get into the conversation. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Manverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and this is the podcast where we talk about building profitable and successful game businesses. And I have with me three guests today. I have just underneath me, John Cobiello. Hey, guys. John over here from the Little Shop of Magic in Las Vegas, Nevada. I have Wayne Middlestead on as well. Howdy all from the P dot representing from Dueling Grounds. P dot. It's okay. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what Toronto's, that is. Toronto's the T dot. Peterborough's the P, P dot. dot. Okay. Being cool. It's, Being it's a cool. local thing. I'm, I'm starting to get to know the local talk. You're starting to fit in. That's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And we have a special guest on this round table. We have Gordon Johansson. Hey guys. Gordon Johansson from the Sentry Box in Calgary. The far west, which is the last place you'd expect a big game store. For sure, sir. So we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to go back a little bit, back a few weeks, back a few months. We're going to talk about some of the, the big sale days, the, the holidays, the Black Fridays, the small business Saturdays, and the, the boxing days in particular. And we're going to see what we, well, what we can learn about uh, setting yourself up for some, hopefully some big sale numbers in the near future. So 
what happened this Boxing Day, Gordon? What were what were you doing uh, in terms of sales and uh, the situation at your shop? We actually had the best Boxing Day we've ever had. In fact, the best sales day we've ever had. I think we did thirty six thousand, a little over that, for the one day. Um, and I don't even know how many transactions that was, but. I'm not used to seeing lineups of 50 people for two, three hours at a time uh, and happy people as well. So yeah, that was, that was really cool. Um, I was surprised because I didn't think we had a lot on sale. I mean, we had a flat 10% off uh, everything, which is not a big deal considering people would uh, normally get 5% off if they, you know, signed up for our um, loyalty program and turned in points that way. We just didn't give them any points that day. So it was kind of a, an extra bonus. And we had some games like 30 to 50 off, but just stuff you wanted to kind of clear out. It's not like you're selling players' handbooks at a discount particularly or anything like that. If I was going to restock it, it didn't go on sale. Fantastic. flat 10, right? Pardon me? Other than the flat 10, I mean. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's incredible. And that's more of a thank you than you know, just to the customers than anything else. But I was, I was saying earlier, everybody was happy in the lineups. I, I couldn't believe it. I wouldn't have been. <laughs> I have a question. Uh, are your prices all regular, like MSRP? Yeah. They are. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's amazing for. Yeah. 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 The, I mean, there's a few things where you're kind of going, the MSRP is painful because if you look at the first set of D and D books, for example, They've got kind of a, uh, you know, $50 or whatever U.S. and 55 Canadian price as compared to the new ones, which are 65. So since they're tagged that way, we sell them at the 55 or 56, whatever it is. So um, I'm confused. The new print, the, the print on the barcode there, they've raised the price on that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That, if you look at the back of any of your uh, D&D books, they've got a Canadian and a U.S. price listed. No, that I know, but you're telling me that they used to be $50 and now they're 65 No, they're 50 American, 55 okay. Canadian or 56 sure. Canadian, and they should be 65 like the new ones are. No, I, I had a little bit of a panic attack going, did they raise the MSRP and I didn't raise it? Am I being <laughs> a so, I, I didn't understand you quite at the beginning. Well, in effect, this is the Canadian experience. We also sell science fiction books, right? And it's a constant problem. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, and we kind of skipped over this part, uh, tell us a little bit about the Sentry Box. It was, I did check, you were on episode eight. So if if somebody wants to go back and listen to it, you can easily go check out episode eight of the podcast for for Gordon's interview. But uh, give us a a bit of a background on what the Sentry Box is and what it's like and, you know, Um, because it's a little bit different from the average game shop. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a little bit bigger than a lot of them. Um, we've got, a little. the base store is about 13,000 square feet and we moved the collectible card games because I sold off that section about a year and a half ago, two years ago, to the front of the building. So that adds another 6,000 square feet over there. So if you count the two together, because we still operate very much in tandem, it's about 19,000 square feet. Uh, I mean, we've got about, on the main section, about 3,000 square feet of play area and about the same just for the cards on the other side. Um, we carry 
pretty well everything that you would expect a normal game store to carry, except we don't do any comics other than maybe Nights of the Dinner's Table. And uh, uh, we have a science fiction book section of about 7,000 titles, which is mostly, to be honest, just because I like science fiction and fantasy books, because um, it's not like it makes any money or anything like that in this environment. <laughs> it's, but it's one of those things that is, um, uh, as I tell people, everybody who comes in usually has two or three of the departments that they're into. They might like war games and science fiction or military miniatures and, you know, role-playing games and science fiction. It's just, everybody's got a variety. And because we've been around now for, oh my God, I just hit 39 years on January 1st. So next year is going to be an interesting 40th anniversary. Um, time then so yeah yeah that's a that's a weird weird thought when you stop and you think about that i was a lot thinner and more hair and less gray hair back then <laughs> as probably most of us did but uh um so we've been around a long time this is the fourth location uh, and we're either the largest game store in the world or there might be one bigger so i don't know how some of the you know the magic warehouses are with their you know little thousand square feet of retail space and 18,000 square feet of event space. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to quantify that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a So the nice thing about Gordon is it makes me, he makes me look young. I mean, I'm ready to put on like, you know. <laughs> so, so literally when I'm around Gordon, I'm like, that's right. I'm the kid in the room. But I think the label I've seen more often thrown in, in his direction of his store, which I look at it, I don't want this to sound negative, but like the museum store, right, Gordon? I mean, like, it's kind of like when I walked into Strategy and Tactics in New York. Yeah. From the dawn of time. And most people tell you, don't do that. That's a bad way to do it. But there's a certain umph to that. that a certain, like, if you're going to go see a game store, you're going to go see that one because they have everything. Whether or not yeah. it makes money or not, I understand. Not everything turns like your science fiction books, right? Right. But they're a draw. And I'm nowhere near you. But I get that in my local area. That's kind of like, John, why do you have this? I'm like, because nobody else does. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? right. And you're, you're exactly right, John. And I think it was Gary Ray um, who made the comment about museum stories. And I hadn't really ever heard that term before. Mostly I just thought of it as having a bunch of old stuff on the shelves that I couldn't bear to throw away that eventually I figured would sell. Um, but that is definitely one of the differentiators for us is, I mean, we have a lot of people saying if they can't find it at our place, they're not going to find it. I don't think that's true, but it's almost an advertising expense to carry all that old stuff. I mean, I still have a game in that place from when I first opened. <laughs> I mean, it was a SPI game called Vera Cruz. Terrible, terrible game. And I kind of hate to sell it, but... <laughs> just for the stories it brings. <laughs> so if somebody came to you and said, I want this game, would you sell it to them? Yeah. 100%? Oh, for sure. Actually, I think I have two of them, so one would be not a problem. Yeah. Well, then whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I kind of hate to, but I, and I would talk them out, try to talk them out of it just because it's not a good game <laughs> at all. <laughs> We have these jokes with some of the items. It's like the day that one sells, it's the day we're going to have to close up because you know it. I mean, it's at the end. That's it. That's like a pillar holding up the store. The second you take that game out of here, that's it. The store's going <laughs> to. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably the way people think about me, actually. Because mm -hmm. yeah, I actually just 62 a few days ago, so. <laughs> well, in many ways, the, the, the game store is a cult of personality. Like, it's your vision, your passion that created it in the first place, right? If you take that out. Even if yeah. you know, you're a very well-established business at this point, you've got lots of years behind you, lots of employees, lots of systems, I imagine. So you could probably walk away without it being a big hole in the system, but. Yeah, mostly in the financial end would be a bit of a trickier issue. Um, sure. Back-end bookkeeping and things like that. The day-to-day -day running isn't really a big issue for the store because you're right. I have enforced a day best, shall we say, some of that kind of stuff. You know, the hiring I don't do anymore, particularly. Um, and with that, I can foist off the firing, which is never, as we all know, one of the more pleasant jobs to let people go. So I have, I don't know if other game stores do this, but I have a tendency to keep people far past when they should be. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. everybody, I think every business has a problem with firing. It's hard to let someone go who you've invested yeah. time into that you've, you know, put your hopes and dreams into that they're going to turn out to be great. And then it doesn't work out. It's yeah. hard to face the reality and then crush that person's uh, expectations down. There, there's a human aspect to it that you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings and all that good stuff. There's also a, I have failed. I have failed to motivate this person. I have failed to train this person. I have failed to make them worth yeah. the money and time I invested in them. Right. So it's a failure on my part too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely all of those things. And sometimes there's other reasons like mental issues. Like we had one of our long-term guys had um, a mental breakdown when he was on holidays because of heat or something like that. And I kind of carried him for four years. Hey. When the minimum wages and everybody's salaries were going up and up and up because we've had a 47% increase in the last three years in uh, minimum wages and everybody's it's just like i can't do this anymore because you're like literally because of medication a walking zombie half the time mm. and that's not productive and it's not fair to the other staff right and that's that's ultimately my kind of like i switch to is it fair to take resources away from these people that are really putting effort and really just achieving more it's not fair to them because they they want the hours and i'm like you know giving it to somebody that is not living up to what i want them to be yeah, and the other factors is that if you start noticing little trends, like I started seeing if we were getting Google reviews, because uh, I read every single one of those, uh, it's like, well, staff was a little grumpy or something like that. And I'm looking, it's like, okay, when is this happening? It's like, look, here's the pattern. It's right after these shifts. And I was telling Tom earlier that I let three people go in – I think it was October through October, November. And we gave them like two weeks to a month's notice for everybody. Um, that's really nice one. of you, actually. Pardon me? So that's really nice of you. It's really, the trend is not to give your employees notice that you're fired in two weeks. It's usually like, hey, we have to let you go today. Pack your stuff up and go. Usually they give you notice. Yeah, usually you don't get that notice, but yeah, it works. No, that's what I mean. Like it's, yeah, it's really, yeah, I'm done. really good thing for you to, to yeah, do. Yeah, and we had one that basically worked two days and said, yeah, I'm going to take the buyout, you know, the two-week severance. Yeah. And that was because we gave them the choices, but um, the, one of the other guys didn't want to do that. He wanted to keep on working, and this was the guy who 
who had the issues. Um, and because he didn't know what else he was going to do. And I felt, I still feel cr like crap about this, to be honest. But there was nothing I could do medically because he'd been with me for, I don't know, eight years, something like that, off and on. And previously when he was younger, when he was on his game, you know, he had his issues like every employee, but he was a good guy. But you can't deal with it when they're just literally staring off and not helping <clears throat> doing anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and wrap up this talk about hiring employees <laughs> because uh, uh, as a matter of fact i am going to be doing that next week uh with someone i have to let go um and uh my biggest concern well i have a couple but one of them is the economic consequences for that person because uh, yeah peterborough has one of the worst uh, has one of the highest unemployment rates and um you know but i can't i can't carry that person and you know what you struck a, a chord with me and you said it's not fair to the other employees um, we're not working. They're not working as hard. Um, cause I mean, I mean, one of my hardest working employees doesn't even want to work his shift anymore because he has to work with this other person. That was one of the things we had as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we get, we get like, we'll get like a one star review on Google with an exact description of this employee, you know, one employee is serving like four people and then they ask the other employee for help and the other employee just shrugs and a customer sees this and explain like, details that story on our Google review and giving it, give us a one star. I mean, you know, ouch. Yeah. It's, it's not good. And, and, you know, after having long, you know, one hour solid conversations in my office a couple of times already, um, you know, it just has to happen. And I'm really not looking forward to it. It fills me with anxiety. It's, it's terrible. I, I usually cry when I <laughs> fire people. Depends. I've, I've been angry and then, you know, I've cried. But, um, I just, it's, it's going to be tough. And, um, it, it is, it's one of the hardest things ever is to let go of somebody you really, really, really want to make sure you, you really hope they're going to work out. Um, because of all the reasons we talked about. Well, would so, you agree yeah. that uh, make sure you don't air this episode before he does the firing? Cause that would be a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thought about that before I said anything, but yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to hear about this episode. <laughs> CBC Probably not, but I'll, I'll give it some, some time for you. Yeah, CBC asked me once about this, what the hardest things to do in small business was. And I said, firing people and dealing with shoplifters, especially if it's shoplifters that it's somebody you knew. Yep. Yeah, less of a problem with that. For me, managing my people is the hardest thing, and that includes firing, hiring, you know. So it's, it's just dealing with personalities. I... Marine Corps was one way I could deal with that. Uh, civilian huggy lovey, I oi, it's difficult for me. Yeah, um, and, and <laughs> like I was gonna try and wrap up this with uh, going back to Gordon saying, so you had this crazy, amazing, successful Boxing Day sale. Um, was it just one day? Was it on actual Boxing Day, which is a stat holiday, of course? Um, no, it's not actually. Do any advertising? What promotions? Is that Alberta, or is that Alberta? Not a stat in Alberta. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Bank, it is for banks and governments and things like that, but you know, not for anybody who has to really work for a living in most cases, but uh, <laughs> okay. um, we, Zing. we posted um, a couple Facebook things is really, I think one in start of December and one, whatever. We didn't give any details. We just said, 
you know, there's going to be up to, you know, 50% off on some things and come in and check it out. I don't really know if it had that kind of, or how much response it had. I mean, you never know with Facebook. We didn't advertise it to pay it. So, you know, you have your 5,000 likes and I still get, you know, maybe 800 or whatever, unless people share 800 views if people share it, mm -hmm. um, which is exactly the same as I had with 1,000 likes, interestingly enough. So, Well, that's the funny thing about uh, Facebook likes and how many people like your page is that it doesn't matter. Your organic no. reach is pretty much useless at this point. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, we didn't really do any significant advertising other than that. I mean, we told people, yes, we're going to have something going on. But we did plan it a lot more this year to make it easier for the people at the till, more so than anything else. Uh, so, yeah, that would be the only things we did for it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. So, like, the rest of it was just, you know, you had enough of a customer base that it just drew so many people who were interested or they would start telling their friends? Like, Yeah, they knew. I think a lot of people know we do an annual thing on Boxing Day which is really only 10% off, but they know that that's the only 10% they're probably likely to ever see out of me. As a <laughs> <laughs> that's actually very interesting. So is that the only time you'll do like a sale at all? Unless we're literally trying to just blow out very few specific things. We don't have any other sales. I think the only other sale I had on a separate day was uh, we, when we had the week long, um, the 20th and 30th anniversary sales. What about Black Friday? That's an American holiday. Why would I do anything on that day? I know, and I've resisted. <laughs> I've resisted, but it's creeped up into, well, creeped up into oh, Toronto. Creeped yeah, up it's everywhere here. I agree. And I kind of thought about it. But I don't know. There's something about putting products on sale right before the busiest selling season of the year for us at a discount. It just doesn't make so a lot of when, sense. When is Boxing Day then for you guys? The 26th of December. The what? <laughs> it's December 26th. Oh, the day after Christmas. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well that's good. Get it out before the tax man comment. Okay. Yeah, that's and it's, logic. it's like uh, Black Friday when they, uh, you know, now it's Black Friday month. Well, now it's Boxing Week in a lot of cases. Uh, yeah. yeah. I picked up some appliances yesterday and it was still running up until the ninth, they said. So it's it's kind of funny and actually so I'm the I'm the US guy here, in case we hadn't caught on to this yet. And <laughs> I actually have a lot more similarities with the way I handle it like you do, Gordon. Um, yeah. even though I'm in basically in the middle of the Black Friday thing. So but anyways, finish your thing and then we can we can talk about it. But it's it's just it's it's odd because I hear you talking and I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's like, you know, like almost We're resonating, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, I was that was that was finished. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So I'll, bring it, I'll bring it into the, 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 the US and Black Friday. Um we never used to do Black Friday stuff. We never used to do really Christmas for us was junk. About Eight years ago, we started turning that around. But our biggest issue with Christmas was, really, grandma is getting new socks. And um, Uncle Joe spent all his money on the big new, at the time, 32-inch TV, right? So Black Friday, we didn't. Because honestly, everybody was lining up outside 
the the places, camping out, trying to get the deals. And right. we were glad we weren't on their radar. We just weren't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, dilution has partially caused that to almost go away. I don't see it as much anymore. People don't get into that craziness that much anymore. Because it's literally like Gordon said, it's black. I don't know, quarter. I mean, they start like <laughs> October, they go all the way into January, and it's like, deal this, deal that. And, and frankly, there's no point, especially nowadays, because, oh, Black Friday deal, click, click. Oh, Got they deliver it to my door, right? The store, the Best Buy, the brick and mortar store, I walked in at like 10 o'clock in the afternoon, the place was deserted. They didn't have the TV I wanted, but they delivered it to my house anyways, because I just bought it. It wasn't there. They're just like, sure, we'll ship it. Okay, great. I have a Miata. I can't put it in my car anyways. You're going to have to ship it. <laughs> so, 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 no, we, we don't do Black Friday um, because of that re- reason. However, thanks to the effort of my crew and my manager, we really turned Christmas around. It is the busiest season for us. Um, much like you, Gordon, I don't do sales. I don't do a lot of them. I'm not a fan of working more to make less money. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever and my customers are going to be the customers that you know appreciate what i do know that they can find it there come in for the the atmosphere all that good stuff but anyways long story short and didn't make a lot of sense to do all this craziness and go nuts on the day that everybody else is shopping for a deal either somewhere else or just calling you because they're like well of course he's got a black friday deal so we don't do anything on that and this is okay what we do do and this is like we have a secret appreciation sale that happens once a year. It's by invite only. So I'm going to give anybody that's listening to this, it's my customer and doesn't get an invite, a quick hint. If you're not on my mailing list for my newsletter, you're never going to hear about it. If you're a customer that literally, because I've had this sometimes, oh, my friend told me you were having this sale, but I didn't get an invite. And I go pull up your purchase history. And the last time I saw you was three years ago. You're probably not getting an invite, right? It is literally. <laughs> A thank you so much for supporting the store. And this is the, our one crazy day that we do it after hours. And I don't quite pull your numbers, but on average, it'll be somewhere between 16000 on that day to about That's 22, really 23000 And it yeah. happens for about the first year we did it was we closed the store at six on Sunday and we reopened up at seven just for the MVTs. You had to show your, your email that you got, you know, or you, at the time they would print it out or for the people that had a smartphone, um, they would show me on their phone, but this, we had like a security guard in armor outside to make sure we checked everything. <laughs> so it was this very kind of, and the first time we did it, we literally had people, it was like, because at the older store and was smaller, it was all the way wrapped around the building and going to the other side. We only had one cash register. So between 7 p.m. to midnight, we were constantly ringing, and it was nuts and insane. Um, we started everything at 15% off because our loyalty reward program, Gordon, is about the same, right? You get every $10 you spend, you earn an experience point. You can spend a point instead of a dollar, so about 10%. Yeah, we but, only do five normally, but yeah. Yeah, so for the sale, it was 15% based, yeah. and there was we went all the way down to 90%. But those were the things that I'm like, for the love of God, get this <laughs> out of here. Like, I think there's stuff growing inside that's going to eat me if I open the box, right, kind of situation. So, and, it, and it's sort of, it's weird because as the years went on and I got better at getting rid of product that, you know, just wasn't movie, whatever not, we don't really have a lot of things that are super mega discounted. Um, but people are 
buying and we added a second cash lane and we so now we get we do it from seven o'clock to ten o'clock because in those three hours we can get everybody in out the door they get whatever they want yeah. the store is a mess for the next week it is a chaos of recovery because people are grabbing stuff and but like gordon said everybody's happy and because now at the new location we can let them in ahead of time because we rope off the whole retail area right and then at seven o'clock we open we do free cocoa, free coffee. So people are milling in the game area. They're swapping stories about the store. It's just, it, we turn it into this party atmosphere. It's not this like Walmart, open the door, trample your neighbor, um, fist fight yeah. to get the last doll. It's, it's, it's great. Cause it's my chance also to walk with them on the floor and just kind of connect. Cause I don't get to do it that often anymore. You know? So. Yeah. I know. That's why I love Christmas. Cause I'm out helping customers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the one time of the year where actually John's expertise of like, okay, board games, going on, it's like, okay, we need you on the sales floor. I'm like, okay, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually fun. And so that's what we do. We don't do Black Friday. Now we do do the other thing, which is a small business Saturday, but that's more, we, we gear that towards like little bundle deals. Like, oh, if you bought the DM guide and the player's handbook, you know, together, we'll give you like $10 worth of free miniatures to your choice you know things like that but that is much smaller and it's more to kind of stave off the like do you have black friday deals no but we do small business saturday for people that are not on the invite list of the super mm. secret invitational sale yeah we, we, we don't bother with that particularly because most of my customers don't even know it exists so small business saturday yeah chef fair it's it's you it's know coming. it's it's coming yeah, it's but it's definitely it's you know it's an American Express thing and it's it's meant to pull at those heartstrings. I mean, so people take it the wrong way. It's like I don't want your charity. I mean, exactly. I want, yeah, I get it, but it's not. I mean, it's it's just like a look. Here's the community. Here's the, a lot of my customers also own businesses or work at a local business. So you know, it's just that kind of spirit of like, it's us. It's yeah. not Target. It's not Walmart. It's us, like us guys. You know. Mm -hmm. So how does somebody go about getting on your email list? Uh, I would say shop at the store. That's the first one. The second one is asked to be on the email list so that you can get the newsletter. <laughs> because I also got the like, well, I never got the invite and I shop. Yeah, but you asked not to be contacted by email. That's how the invite goes out. <laughs> Send out the invite. And then sort of every day leading up to the, we spoil some things out of each department. So just sort of building a momentum and excitement of it. It's getting a little bit harder now because I say what? How often do you send out emails normally? Uh, once a week for the newsletter. Uh, okay. That's a lot yeah. of work. It I is. Do but I do that I, once a month and it's like, uh, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I have minions. So, you know, they, they do the articles. I just kind of put them in and, you know, yeah. but there's a lot of stuff between events and weekly releases. You know, I mean, heck, Asmodee itself, every week, every Thursday, there's stuff to talk about, you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. But yeah, so that that's not... Some weeks I skip it because I can't get to it fast enough. You know, something else comes up, but for the most part, it's once a week. So, uh, but yeah, and, and shopping at the store, I mean, I've had people that dropped off the face of the earth. So, you know, it's, it's gotta be an active account. So. Sure. I was just, I was curious about how you, you know, collected that kind of thing. Yeah. Normally if we get somebody at the store, that's kind of like not upset, but it's like, Oh, I didn't get an invite. So I pull them up and we look at it. It's like, okay, dude, you got to be okay with me emailing you because that's how the invite goes out. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And I'm like, if you don't want to just delete the email that comes out every week, that's fine too. But you know, you gotta, I gotta have your email address first. And second, right. yeah, I mean, if I don't see you or hear from you, I mean, I tend to do the accounts that are active. Occasionally, yeah, yeah. 
You're up. Okay, here we go. Um, so I resisted Black Friday um, for years and years and years. The first time I did it actually was when I moved to Peterborough last year because their business improvement area group uh, has a Black Friday promotion for the downtown core because we're competing with the big Lansdowne Place Mall. Uh, the ones, the, the malls and the perimeters, there's, you know, the big Walmarts. The... Anyways, uh, so um, I wanted to be part of that. And uh, so that's, that's why we do it. It starts at eight in the morning <laughs> until, uh, I don't know, 4 p.m., but we stay open our, our full hours. Um, but we, yeah, we started at eight and, um, you know, it wasn't quite worth staying, <laughs> opening that early, but, you know, we did some, we did enough sales to justify being open at least. Um, and, uh, it's just a one day thing, uh, not a month thing <laughs> or, or a black Friday in July, which I've actually seen oh, yeah. Like yeah. Brick or something <laughs> like and then you got Prime day, cyber Monday and yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, and like, I don't have a lot of sales either guys. I, and when I do, there's just a one day sale. I used to have like week long sales and then you get all these customers walk in and they don't even know about the sale and you're losing money to them. Um, so we keep it tight with one day sales and that gets, you know, our, our regulars, um, know about it and they coordinate to, to go to us. And, and, you know, I, I take off, uh, I, I typically take off 15, uh, to 20% on most things. Um, I wish I could just keep it at 10%, but I don't know, 10% just doesn't feel, um, special enough i want my customers my regulars to when they come in for a black friday sale or a boxing day sale um feel like they're they're getting a pretty good deal because you know we have those sales we have our anniversary sale um now the my one day i'm the little guy here my one day sales don't don't uh, achieve what you guys do i mean our, our biggest uh one day sale was our first anniversary sale in peterborough where we did about 10 uh 12 000 net that's really uh, good yeah, yeah, but typically like, you know, five to eight thousand is sort of our range for a one day Black Friday or a one day um, Boxing Day sale. So Wayne, you said, when, when did you start doing the Black Friday thing? When I moved to Peterborough last year, so this was our second one this year. Okay, so I, I just think that can build for you, definitely. It's just a matter of like, you know, you, you yeah. have two things. It's not a Canadian thing, right? And then you're just starting it, so yeah um yeah, exactly and then and they also do uh, a holiday promotion um downtown uh they give everybody free parking for two hours and there's lots of downtown parking um and that that we're trying to get customers to come down in downtown in the core uh and there's also this holiday passport um little cardboard booklet you can pick up at my location or any other location downtown uh, downtown that's participating and customers that buy things downtown from those businesses uh collect stamps for every ten dollars before tax they they purchase and once they've reached three hundred dollars they get entered into a draw uh and they and the draws are for um for downtown money so they get a shopping spree like a fifteen hundred dollar shopping spree or there's a bunch of different draws and we were one of those businesses as well that accepts downtown money, which is a form of currency that's only good uh, in the downtown core. Again, it's, it's all the efforts of the, the Peterborough Downtown Business Improvement uh, Area group. They, they, do, they do an excellent job. 
do you redeem those somewhere or is it just you're taking that? Yeah, we, we just, uh, yeah, you just contact the downtown uh, business improvement area guys uh, whenever you get the funny money and they, they, uh, they give you real money for it in exchange. Well, that's like super cool. So uh, yeah. the great thing about yours, Wayne, I would do it no matter what, because it's, it's sort of that hybrid of like, I feel a lot of small business Saturday tinges to this, right? It's the yeah. downtown community. Yep. Um, yep. I, the fact that it's black Friday, whatever, but I, I, I would do it just based yep. on that. That's, that's yeah. really cool. I, I saw a lot of the small business, uh, um, marketing more downtown Toronto. Um, I'm hearing it more and more around Peterborough for sure. And that's kind of the backbone of the Peterborough business improvement area group anyways. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I mean, this holiday season, you know, October was brutal. November wasn't great either. Um, and then, uh, December was incredible. It was our best highest grossing month ever in history of being open. Uh, and, uh, we averaged uh, averaged almost seventeen hundred a day in sales, which is decent for my. I'm like you know, sure. I'm thirty two hundred square feet, but almost a thousand is play area, plus my office and stuff. So give you an idea. Um, and uh, yeah, and then and then January is going to be strong. I don't know if it was like with you, but that's that's the strong month for game stores, as far as I'm concerned, because everybody gets their Christmas money. So there's this second wave of uh, of, of high sales. At least I've I've found that. Um, yeah, it's not as heavy as December for us, but definitely yeah, right. the, the season yeah. is is November through January. There's grandma money, Amazon gift cards, blah blah. It's uh yes, it's all there. So yeah, I used to. Oh, Sorry, I just had one more tool that I was using for my promotions. I mean, we, we create, for the first time too, I've been creating events on Facebook. Instead of just announcing it, I, I create a Black Friday event. Right. Uh, a, and I wasn't doing that before, and I realized, oh, this is a way better way to deliver it um, on, on the Facebook. And then, you know, uh, we do Twitter and Instagram as well. But um, we have a reward card program. Um, that is, uh, it's a turnkey. I pay for it. It used to be called vicinity. Now it's called five stars. Right. We do uh, that. It's a very, very strong, uh, platform. You, you can, you get everybody's, uh, uh, cell phone information so you can blast them with promotions or whatever. If you get around to it. Hmm? If you get around to it, we tend not to. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't use it as much, but I also don't want to bother people. But, um, <laughs> and, uh, I'm just kind of comparing notes to what we offer because we, we basically give you one point per dollar before tax. And then 100 points, you get uh, 10% off, 200 points, 20% off, and 300 points, 30% off. Because I think, you know, if you spend $300 before tax in my store, you should get 30% off something. And we restrict it to up to $100. So the max they're cashing in is $10, $20, or $30 for their $100, $200, or $300 of spending. I think that's fair. And uh, it's, it's enough incentive to, for people to come back. Or do you yeah. think I'm throwing my money away? What you no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> my experience points has is that, right? Basically, for every $10, you get one XP, and it's worth a dollar off. And you can just right. use the next... Now it doesn't, for example, if you buy $5 today, $5 tomorrow, $5, it's not going to give you a point. You need to spend right. 10, right? So there's a little bit of attrition there. And we do have our level up options. If you spend 50 at one point in time, you're going to get $55 off and 100 is 125. And I get some retailers who are like, John, that's too much. You're throwing money away. When I look at my, my for the whole year, my redemption rate is about, so about three to 4% 
sorry, of my total sales, right, go away in experience points. So it's definitely, I'm willing to give that up if it means I don't like a flat discount. Hey, come into my store, it's 10%. Come in the store, it's 20% off. I want something for them to come back or build up too. Because I see a lot of the like, oh my God, the new 40K army that I always dreamed of is coming out. I'm blowing my 100 XP on that and getting $125 off and it softens the blow and it gets them to kind of like stay, you know, or come back. Yeah, we do it a little bit path. Where be, whereby it's uh, one point for every $10, uh, which works out and when you cash it in, you get about a 5% thing back. But if you're like, for example, over $300, you're going to get double points. If you're $600, mm-hmm. you buy, you get triple points. So it tends to cover a lot of those things rather than giving a straight discount. Now they have to come back and spend them. Yeah, straight discounts own. are just are, are not a good idea ever in my opinion but you're not yeah. building any any loyalty you're just yeah yeah well you know what um we uh well you have to compete with online somehow too because uh, we're strictly brick and mortar so far although it's going to change but um i find that with the uh the points program um you know it, it does bring loyalty I, just, I even saw it in that holiday passport that I took part in like people will spend more to get enough points to reach the next limit. Well, spend yeah. more money. I had people literally telling me at the counter, Oh, okay. I need to spend 30 more dollars to fill up my booklet. Uh, I'm going to buy this and to get entered in the contest. And you know, you, you just see that happening. And so I, I think there's a lot of value to it as well as the, the reach where you can let people know you can text people or email people. That's very, very important. And um, it's not something that's stuck in your POS, for example. It's just a really quick um, d- dashboard that allows you, uh, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the most powerful things you're paying for. Well, the automated birthday, come in for the week yeah. of your birthday and get a 10% yeah. off, we do that. We, yeah, we get 100 points on your birthday, but you have to buy something to get the 100 points. Uh, and then, mm. you know, it's just a bonus, like extra. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, we just <laughs> do it as a flat 10% yeah. off. But we had recently, we had to adjust our program because before it was, you know, that 10, 20 or 30% off any one item, which, you know, it, it worked for a while. But then I, I started realizing that people were waiting for that 200 or $300 box. And then I was, you know, it was costing okay. $90. Bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. And, and then I realized how costly it was becoming and how many people were starting to do that. And, uh, well, yeah, so yours, yeah, with the percentage off when it's a bigger item, it's costing yeah. more. That's so, right, yeah. so I changed it so it's only up to $100, but you can have multiple items, which you couldn't do before. Before it was one item. Now it's like you can get a bunch of stuff up to 100 bucks. I, I think that might actually encourage people to buy more stuff too. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because it, it's an unintended side effect of our experience point program because, I mean, like I said, $9.95, and we all know how much stuff is priced at $9.99, won't get you a point, which, which is fine. So we're usually like, hey, do you want a soda or, or a dye or something to get oh. you over that and get a point? Um, the, the thing that's amazing to me, and then somebody comes back with another $10 item, I'm like, well, so now you're in $19.95. Want to get to two experience in the end of the I'm like, well, you're not getting Don't all that die. <laughs> it happens. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Not sales. <laughs> I was surprised, John, when you mentioned that Christmas didn't used to be good for you, because I always found it was run, would run about 50% norm or higher than a normal month. It's not like, you know, a lot of stores that live or die on Christmas with three-month sales. 
but I, I still find that's about where we sit at it. Maybe a little higher now, but. I blame that entirely on us. First of all, I'm, I'm a Halloween kind of guy, not a Christmas kind of guy. That's the first problem. I mean, I'll tell you that right off the bat. <laughs> Second, we really didn't push it. We always figured, you know what? Nobody's going to give Christmas presents that are games, right? Everybody's going to come in after the Christmas season, after they're done buying the PlayStation for the kid and the, 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 the socks for grandma, whatever. Nah. And the reality was we didn't do our job to make sure that our customers that wanted uh, uh, Colin Agar, the crazy new space marine of doom. So what ended up happening is we ended up, uh, this was Brooke's idea, the store manager, to start doing gift registries, right? And that's really helped out a lot because we trained our customers to go, tell us what you want. When your non-gamer relatives come in, we can go, nope, that one's bought. Don't buy that one. Yep, he wants this one. Oh, you want a $300 thing. You don't want to spend $300. Put $50 on his account. That way, the next person that comes in only has to spend 100 You know what I mean? So we've had to push it. And that's how we did it. So it, it was literally, I think a lot of it was on our shoulders to like, if you ignore Christmas, it's just going to be for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. We always found that um, the kids wouldn't buy that as much, but the parents spent that much more. And it was yeah. kind of a wash that way. So that's why we went up, I figured, at Christmas. Now it's just, we see people once a year. In some cases, they come in every Christmas to buy a new game for the family. Might be the only time they're in for a certain crowd of them. And, it, and I think also for us as we moved, so with the environment changing to where you have more mundanes in our industry, right? more people yeah. that have learned <laughs> games, it's become more of a, a thing to get for Christmas versus before it was like, you want Avalon Hill what? You know, yeah. <laughs> this D&D thing, isn't that the yeah. one where you raise demons? And... And, and the other important thing is to train your staff because Christmas is lost grandma season, right? She comes in, she doesn't know anything. She, oh, you've got to help. It's all new to her. And that's very important to speak in a certain language. I always get on my employee's case, dude, it's not a D20. It's a 20-sided die. Show her what it looks like. Not, oh, do you need a D20? There's... We're so used to our jargon that we don't realize just how bad it is when you cross over. Magic is horrible for that. Brutal. Yeah, it is. Like even yeah. I come in sometimes. I'm like, you want what kind of what card are you looking for? <laughs> no. This is this is where we cue in the gift certificate or its equivalent. I mean, yeah. that is the godsend. That is the yeah. oh, get a gift certificate. This will be perfect. They can buy whatever you want. Um, or you know the. Sometimes you just work hard on the floor. Like you said, John, train those employees, get into a conversation. I mean, I talked up uh, a mother and a, a brother who uh, were buying for a dungeon master. Um, you know, they're the only oh, wants uh, miniatures, D&D miniatures. And they're thinking about getting a few. And I'm like, well, if you get a brick, you get a, a you know, the collation means you're not going to get any double rares. And it's a good, you know, you get, um, there's a discount on a brick and uh, he'll be like, way more happy if he gets a brick of, you know, and, and then they, and then, you know, they just add something else like a book and then they get kind of excited with, you know, giving them yeah. this big, crazy, amazing gift. And uh, then they, then when I left them, they went up to the counter with even more and they're like, yeah, we're going to get this too. And they got excited. And, yeah. And you know, you're excited well, you that. sold it on, you sold them. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Sold them on the, the idea of how happy their uh, yeah. dungeon master because I know I, I know what it would feel like to get that all that stuff and so I can translate that excitement to them and like you know it's authentic never, so yeah never forget the upselling ability of the fact that a game is really easy to wrap 
as well. <laughs> brick of boosters is easier to wrap than the three separate ones. <laughs> I never thought about that one. But oh, okay. it's very true. <laughs> but so you nailed one thing though, Wayne, that is what I try to tell my employees. I mean, I don't want people to think that upselling by itself, oh, I sold them the $500 IMO versus the 300. I mean, the, the key again is to, you want that person to be happy and you want yep. that person yep. giving the gift to know that they're giving something that is appreciated, right? So mm -hmm. learn to listen to what they're trying to tell you or without even knowing what they're trying. You know, it's, it's a difficult art to go, uh, let me get you this, trust me, he's gonna like this more versus like, okay, you picked up 13 beholders, his players are gonna hate him. Get him a brick a month, <laughs> not 13 beholders, okay? Oh. Uh, so are we talking about holiday sales in general and what worked for us this year? Is that what we're doing? Because I, I do have one more thing that I tried this year. It that was, is what we're doing. We've kind of tangent a little bit, but go for it. It's spectacular. I don't know why I didn't do this before. We took presents and we wrapped them and it was the mystery box program. Holy cow. I sold three more today because we haven't had a chance to take them down yet. And I, I, I guess late Christmas presents or whatever. Not. And they're basically mystery buys. You know, they're, they're, they're games. Um, some of them are games that I've slashed pretty heavily because we just had too many of them or we're just like, look, it's lifespan is, is lived out apparently, you know, but there's been a lot of good stuff in there, but I've had people buy it because they want to know, like I had one guy who said, I'm going to buy two of these. So I feel like Santa gave me something this year and I don't know <laughs> what it is, right? It's a total surprise. What do you and, discount them, huh? Say what? What do you normally discount those at? If anything. You know, it really depends on, on what it is, but like there were price points. So it was a $5 gift, a $10 gift, a $20 gift. And then there was like things that were about 20 to 25%. And those were good games, things like pandemic or things like that, that I couldn't necessarily advertise without breaking map, but I had just too many of, right? Does that make sense? And I wanted to clear out some shelf space and things like that. So I think nobody got a rod. It doesn't make sense. There's no such thing as too many times. Well, not with 13,000 square feet, Mr. Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so fundamentally, it, it was, um, I want to say most of the games were probably around 20% off, I think. Yeah, which is not a big deal, especially if it's clearing that inventory. Yeah. Yeah, one thing we tried is, um, you know, the little velour dice bags that Chessex sells? Yes. Are basically the same as the Uline ones that you can get, which yeah. only cost you 25 cents instead of right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I literally spent 600 bucks on these things and brought in, you know, bags of each color. And what we did at Christmas, because I just had a random thought about it, it's let's take the Chessex cubes, which most people throw out eventually. Mm -hmm. And if somebody wants to, as a Christmas special, they buy a Chessex cube. We will take the cube back. We will give them a dice bag for a dollar instead of the $3 we sell them at. And we use the cubes then to repackage with the Chinese dice. Mm. Which, and now it's after Christmas, we're doing it. They only get a dollar discount on the bag, but also then it, it's a nice little stocking stuffer pre-wrapped. They can easily do it and see it and it gives them a dice bag. Yeah, we, um, Wayne mentioned gift certificates, which by all means you should have. You should have either gift certificates, gift cards. Yeah. Um, we had Reaper make some gift coins for us and they've been a smashing success because they're very tactile. There's something you can, and most people tend to, we do offer gift cards or these, we call them uh, D-bits, Dragon Bits. 
um, and they're metal, they're, they're coins, they, they come in different denominations. It's led to an odd add-on sale, which is dice bags, because you take the coins, you put them in the dice bag, and now they're wrapped. And when the wrapping is done, the person who got the gift has a dice bag now, too. Right. It's just, yeah, it's those kind of cute little cool add-on things. Gift card, that's for sure. Yeah, the, it reminds, me of, uh, it reminds mm-hmm. me of something that Pat Pat's Games does. They, she has something very similar where she created some coinage, some heavy-duty coins of her own. She was uh, telling... Uh, telling a story of how they like make their way around the world and like people use them for like a dealer button at a high stakes poker game and like just yeah. weird things. But it's something that is so like, it's big, it's heavy. It's, it's a coin that's, you know, branded with whatever uh, your particular branding is. And it's, it's really unique. So no one's going to just throw it in the jar or something like that. They're going to carry it around and be like, look how cool this thing is rather yeah. than like a card or a gift certificate in an envelope or something like that. You see the horrible, um, like, conflict of interest when somebody is like, I want to keep the coin, but I want to yeah. spend it, but I want to keep the yeah. coin, but I want to spend it. Especially if it's like $5 or less, they probably don't want to spend it, right? If it, okay, it's $20, I'll spend the $20, but. Yeah, I think she's got, uh, they're all seven or something like that. It was six or $7. It was always like whatever her standard event was, it was always mm. good for one event entry. Mm. So. Hey, sorry guys, I don't mean to interrupt. I just, uh, uh, we're going a bit long. And uh, I, I got a, I got a part of myself from the podcast. Fair enough. Did you have you closing anything you wanted to? Um, well, Gordon, it was uh, absolutely absolutely delicious to have you on the show. Uh, <laughs> great to hear from you, and I'm always impressed by the size of your store. And I always regret not dropping by there when I was in Calgary once. We're on our way to Banff. I just had time to hit a really good steakhouse and. Uh, I, I have people drop in from Denmark when they only have two hours on their way to Banff. Uh, <laughs> uh, next time. Next time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, next time. Uh, but yeah, Thomas, thanks again for having us on the show, um, having me on the show. And uh, John, is really great to see you again. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I need to spend a little, little more time with, a little bit of time, sorry, a little more time, a little bit of time with the wife uh, before bed. So. Fair enough. Uh, with that, I'll bid you adieu, and um, hopefully she'll let me do another one of these. <laughs> Yeah. We didn't even get to the point of this show, actually. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you later, guys. Bye, uh, Wayne. Have a good night. Bye. Bye, Wayne. Bye. Nice meeting you. You too. Yeah, I think we went off on a few tangents that I never did cover what you wanted to. Yeah, if you... I don't know. We, we went over this. most of the uh, the information. That, you know, we, we kind of went into the backgrounds as to how we got to where we were. So I think it was pretty valuable. If you listen to this show, that's what happens every single time. Yeah. Think, except... When, usually when there's three or more of us, that's kind of what happens. Right. Unless, like, at least Thomas is doing a, a I have, I'm talking by myself on this subject. Right. right. And usually well, I don't go off on a tangent. Usually. One thing I did want to mention that, because uh, you said, what did we do to lead up to Christmas, to having a good Christmas? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to think about that. And we didn't really actually do anything special as a single oh we're going to advertise this or do that because i find that never works for us but one thing i did do or have done consistently for the last two years is answer every single google review personally that we get and by name so it's not just some canned autofill thing and i'll make it's really hard to make them different at times Mm -hmm. um but that has made a huge difference, I think. Like we had 80,000 
views in December on, on the Google page alone. And I could see where the traffic was coming from, you know, the local things. And that, it just made a big difference. Because I think we're up, we just passed 1,150 reviews with about a 4.6 average. So when people see the, that kind of consistency that's mm -hmm. spread out and it's obviously just not, oh, look, they've got 8,000 reviews in the last two weeks, which are yeah. obviously bought from China or something. Yeah. Um, it does make a big, big difference. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to go to this place. And you also then pop up on people's Google pages more often if your staff is doing their job or not their pages, but their phones when they say, oh, we saw you in here. What did you think of the store? If you never respond to them, you won't show up on their phones like with that question. Yeah, it's been a little maddening for me because the past month, for some reason, every time we try to respond, it gives us an error message and I'm trying oh. to get him on it. Yeah, it's really weird. Either if I do it from my phone or I do it from the computer, for whatever reason, it just says, try again later. I'm like, okay. That's yeah. weird. I would never do that from my phone, but I can't type with crap on my phone. So It's just where it pops up more often. I see it immediately on my phone. So I'm like, oh, let me take two seconds to yeah. respond. Yeah. But yeah, would you agree that that makes a big difference? I think just in yeah. people's perception of the store, it's huge. So in people like Google's algorithms and are, you know, how they, they put you on top are always a very well-guarded secret for obvious reasons. They don't want people to just kind of exploit whatever it is to try to yeah. get on top of the rankings. But a long held belief is that, uh, you know, responses to reviews and, you know, reviews that are spread out and stuff like that are something that people look at and go, okay, yes, this place is reputable enough, you know. When you're sitting on, a, I think ours is a 4.5 or something like that, you know, because I'm going to have my naysayers, right, for whatever reason. One star. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't say anything. You just put one star. What did I do wrong? What can I fix, right? I mean. And, and I respond to those ones as well. So, yeah. I mean, was, was this a mistake? Or because normally if somebody's got an issue, they say something. And a lot of times it was a mistake. Yeah. I usually thank them for the views and, and, and review and go, yeah. was there something we could have done better, right? I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's funny because on Google, you can see a person's reviews and we just got a four star review from somebody some today. And I'm like, okay, what they, but literally he does not have anything higher than a four star. He has, yeah, some people got, never rate above a four and, and that's fine. I mean, I don't have an issue with it. It's just like, know who your reviewer is necessarily. And if he's like, well, they wouldn't discount or they wouldn't match this. Cause I've, I've gotten a couple of these lately where it's like, oh, everything is more expensive than Amazon. I'm like, yeah, it's MSRP. <laughs> okay. Well, we put it. One thing that also might have helped for us, and I, I don't know the effect, but we had a customer came in on a Sunday and took about eight pictures and posted them on uh, Imager. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with some text, you know, and they called us the what, the world's greatest local game store or something, which was pretty flattering with all this feedback, right? And so it goes on the front page of Imager, which I think I'd heard of, but I'd never, ever looked at. Yeah. And there was 138,000 views on this in 24 hours. Wow. And like 250 comments. And, and there's the usual ones. You're absolutely right when you say this, John, about the naysayers. And, you know, somebody's coming, oh, yeah, the parking sucks down this place. And somebody else is going... Maybe you're too dumb to realize they've got another whole parking lot in the back that I've never seen this place full or something. Because we have 56 yeah. parking stalls and we're just off downtown Calgary. Nobody else 
yeah. to come all has this many parking stalls. I haven't been to Calgary, but I've been there in other cities in Canada to realize that parking is one, you pay for it, and two, is at a premium. So, yeah. Usually, yeah. yeah. Especially in a downtown area. And we're not really downtown, we're off downtown as well. So, we're not the easiest to find. I think one of the, the pictures that more often comes up when you Google a little shop of magic is a customer took a picture of our bathroom because we have a for him and for her deodorant spray in the bathroom that people can, you know, it's not a stick for obvious reasons, right? But it's like, yeah. look, if you freshen up, this is Vegas, 125 degree weather, you came in a bus. <laughs> so, you know, but, he, but the person was just mind blown. That's like, oh my God, this guy wants his customers to smell nice. I'm like, yeah, because we all got to be, and this was at the old store, you know, it was a lot smaller. So. Yeah, not a problem in Calgary. Those quarters. <laughs> yes. It's still a nice gesture. It's kind of like you go into a hotel, you know, you got a mint, and you got a guy with your towel right there, you know. Yeah, we broke down this past year and we put in a, uh, a baby changing station and there's some supplies. We, we, we argue over like, you know, certain things like feminine hygiene products. Should we put those as a, as a courtesy? Should we? Yeah, it's, it's weird. I, mean, I never thought I would start discussing these things with my staff and go, what do we do? What are you putting in here? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I don't. No, if we haven't done that yet, but we started a women's game night mm-hmm. and uh, uh, on, a sa- on Saturdays in September. And literally the next week, I had all the, uh, um, the sewers backed up. I'm wondering, what's <laughs> going on with this? And then, so we get them drilled out at $300 or whatever, and then it happens a month later. It's oh, like, boy. And this time they said tampons. Yeah. And it's like, all right, so now let's put up the signs. Don't flush this, and then you got to get special dispensers. And so we haven't. I I think we actually we have them in the staff bathroom for sure. I don't know about the public one, yeah. uh, but I they're probably up there as well. And you know, a lot of people just real think because it says, "Oh yeah, you can flush this. It's no problem." Well, it is on a old pipes. Sure. Right. So oh, it's we, funny we, the we, things you never thought you'd have to deal with as a game store owner. <laughs> we've had to train the employees that now that we have a baby changing station, not all parents are considered enough to ziplock the diaper and either mm-hmm. take it with them. So yes, if you've given out the key to the baby changing station bathroom, you should check the the, the garbage to make sure that because the next morning, oh God. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, I walked into that. I was like, oh, dear mother of... <laughs> yep. and Good thing you had that marine training. <laughs> it's going in the employee. I'm revising the operations manual. That's one of the things that's changing in there this year. Go, yes, you will check the... You should check them anyways, but it's imperative. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't done that, but um, the, the bathroom's just not big enough. We, we send them next door to the magic area because they have a big bathroom. <laughs> Fair. Just Plenty of the things you don't think about when you start it. Yeah. Yeah. So no. many things. Yeah. But it's, I mean, a lot of the players are now at an age that they're making babies. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I've had a lot of players over the years making babies. Yeah. <laughs> and they bring them to the table too, which sometimes works. Sometimes I'm like, look, your kid can't deal with seven hours of FNM pre release. You might want to take them home. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Wait until they're at least, you know, three, right? right? That's a good spot to start. And most parents are really good with their kids in the store. I find, 
Yeah. The only time we ever had an issue was with um, actually in the heyday of magic when it first was starting and people were literally bringing their kids in and letting them go wild in the store. Yeah. And that was the only time it's been an issue. Anybody whose parents dropped them off usually asked if it was okay, if they could do it for a couple hours while they went for a coffee. And the kids were far better behaved than kids with parents most of the time. But it was just yeah. those, those magic kids who were just like shuffled off. So I kind of always felt bad for them. Because I hope I hope that wasn't their home life as well, being foisted off by an addicted magic player. You know. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. No, you got to bring them into the fold and teach them the way of things. Oh yeah, we've done that enough. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen a couple, or at least one generation, grow up in your store. A couple now. Hit in the second. Yeah, yeah I actually had one three generational family. One That's of pretty cool. Kind of old when I first started, or it was you know. The- <laughs> about 10. One of the weird things for me was to have a customer um, who was eight years old when he started playing 40k in my Flagstaff to- store, who then I employed for two years in my Vegas store. I mean, same kid grew up and up moving to Vegas. I was like, oh my God, you're here. You know, it's like, I need a job. I was like, all right. <laughs> so it was, it was interesting. Yeah. It, it's weird when you realize that these people who are now lawyers and policemen and things like that were the little kids that used to come in with their father that's the cool spot the cool uh cool aspect of this business yeah the human connection is definitely something that yeah yeah yeah. the growing old and seeing it maybe not so much but (laughs) i'm okay with growing old these days (laughs) to be honest young (laughs) Uh, fair (laughs) but gaming keeps you young that's the one thing keeps you sharp See, I thought it was going to the gym, but all right. It's sharp, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. No, I'd say dealing with uh, the customers, uh, just the attitudes and stuff like that. Uh, for me, you know, you just keep, you're not hanging around a bunch of old people complaining about their aches and pains all the time. No, you're I playing games. hanging out with the historical crowd, but, you know. Yeah, well, I play <laughs> with a lot of them, too. And I should actually you make a good point, John. We have a no politics and no religion rule in the store for discussions. <laughs> you should put a no medical condition discussion. <laughs> what wise policy that's posted in our uh, our war room, our broadcasting studio? Because we're like, nah, not on camera, boys. Not not happening. <laughs> yeah, I don't let the customers do it either. Actually, yeah, yeah. So. no need to start a brawl, and no need to alienate. 50% of your customers. It's a no-win proposition no matter what. Yes, you're yeah. right. Yeah. 50% of the people are going to disagree, and there's no winning. It's not a and religion. It yeah, it's, it's no. <laughs> and it gets you out of a lot of conversations you don't want to be having when you can just say, here's the rule. Yeah. Yep. Take it to the parking lot if you want yeah. to have this. I'll say as a closing thing um, is that our Christmas sales this year exceeded um, – Christmas sales when we included magic before, before I sold off that department. And that was something I was not expecting to see considering magic sales were 30%. That's, that's, that's very interesting. So what do you think, like, how did you fill the gap? And then, and then some, uh, well, things like dice certainly help D and D. I mean, our December numbers I ran for dice were $20,000 in dice sales, just D&D dice, not like Games Workshop or any other specialty stuff. 
Do you do um, in the D&D dice, do so you do, because we moved into some of the higher end stuff like stone, metal, and wood, and those have done pretty well for us. Do you do that? Yeah, I've started some of those, but um, most of it is just averages 10 bucks a pack. Yeah, so that's that's a lot of dice, just to put a perspective. Cause, I mean, oh, that's wood, a hell of a lot of dice. <laughs> a, a wood dice set can be $90, right? So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, we didn't bring any of the woods. We had some of the, the metals to test. I'm actually looking at getting some made with our own branding on it now. Yeah. But that's about a $17,000 hit for the first yeah. order. So it's not I can give you some leads on that, by the way. So, well, anyway, sorry. I'm interrupting. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I'm not sure what it is. We had two stores close in town back in June that had been around for 10, 15 years. Uh, so I think we got a little bit out of that as extra business. But they were in, like, far corners of the city. So I don't think it was that big of a deal. Um, maybe the consistency of the events going on and the, you know, the renovations with the new floors and stuff uh, that the common word for us lately seems to be institution, which is kind of, kind of cool in a way, but you know, I'm not going to go into the comments that could be made about that, but, uh, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it I think word is just getting out there a little bit. And, you know, games are huge anyway. Oh, that was the other thing that we did. We actually brought in a lot of stock early this year. Um, like we stocked up. So, I mean, here's your 90 Catans or your, you know, 60 Ticket the Rides of the various versions. And even then we were blowing out of stuff. Like we had a restock on, uh, what was it, 72... Um, uh, the little red box that I blank on all the time. Um, red box. No, oh, it's got the duo, resistance. No duet and uh, okay. Code names. Oh, code names. okay. You know, and, well, like your original the, code names, not like Harry Potter or any, just code names, basic code names. Just basic code names, I and mean, we had the other ones, but that was what we ran out of. I mean, yeah. we had a restock. I said, oh no, we don't have enough here. Let's bring in another seventy-two. Hmm. So that's certainly has helped and the fact that D&D &D now is becoming so much more popular with women with like what 39% of the play player base is women now I, I read the other day um, that's certainly helped dice sales and D&D sales it's just like you're seeing so many people just I want to do this I'm tired of computer games or this is not acceptable as the general public this is fun yeah. so it's kind of that I think that's made a big difference when you think what was it uh, we December we passed 2,000 players handbooks since it came out. Hmm. I was like in December. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I wish. <laughs> no, no, that that's in total. And probably about a thousand each of the starters and the other core books. Uh, yeah, I'm total. always amazed by how much D and D is selling despite all the doom and it's gloom selling. of like, yeah, you know, 40% off on Amazon. I, I, I don't know. It still sells like crazy. So yeah. I know. And, and, and it's leading into those dice sales, like you say. Yeah. Because everybody, if you have a big selection of dice, people are happy and they want them. Dice are, are given dice trays. Um, uh, you know, we did really well with you know those folding dice trays you snap together and then you, on, yeah. you open them up. Uh, wood trays. Yeah, there's, there's a, a whole bunch of accessory DM screens, customizable DM screens. It's yeah, it's that category is is really big and in certain ways spills into miniatures with the people wanting to buy paints to paint their D&D &D miniatures and things like that. And actually, as well as that, crafty stuff now. We had a guy come in locally who makes dice towers, 
you know, mm-hmm. laser cut stuff, just can't keep those in stock. Nice. Um, we have a guy who uh, makes little potion bottles and things that look like, you know, the old Diablo ones and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just put leather on them and color with blue ink and things like that in them or colored water. Sure. It's like, who would think you'd sell like $2,000 of those? Like, I, I'm a sucker for cool happy. props, so I, yeah. I would buy it. Yeah, yeah they, they really are cool for things like that. I've got a local guy 3D printing some uh, uh, egg things that kind of look like Game of Thrones eggs with little magnets imprinted in yeah. them. So that they will, they're like dice holders for that mm-hmm. way. Um, nice. So, and they're used with a, uh, what, a gradient kind of fill. So they're very colorful and like a rainbowy kind of thing. And yeah, so stuff like that locally is kind of a cool thing that can differentiate you. Sure. As well. Yeah. yeah. And you're in a way helping somebody, you know, get exposure and, and feel like they're part of what you're doing, you know, so that's good. Yeah. Chain mail, dice bags and whatever. Yeah. Well, for us too, this is, this is our highest grossing year. Um, but December was weird. I can't. So there's <laughs> last year we got so freaking busy and nuts that we literally did not ring out the online side of sales, which is about 20% is what it was last year. We literally the last three days of the year, we rang up all those sales in the point. We just, you know, shipped them out, shipped them out, save the piece of paper. We'll ring it out later. You know what I mean? Right. Just, so they built this up. So I got these crazy three days of incredible sales. <laughs> but now when I compare last year's December to this year's, I'm down about 10%, but it's not quite accurate because we took, I think, September through December of online sales and crammed them into three days. I'm never doing that ever again because right? it really messed <laughs> with my numbers. But in general, this was the highest grossing year for the company. I want to say it was our greatest December despite the fact that we've had some hiccups with Amazon's being weird this year for us. It's just like, it, uh, like I want to say half of the normal sales from the previous year. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, my online stuff is 2000 bucks. Yeah, no, we, we do, we do good, good yeah. business online. It's not my core, uh, but there it's got its, it's, it's uses and it's got its um, some weird things sell online that you don't like for yeah, whatever reason. Advantage. Yeah, we sell a ton of D&D miniatures online. I never thought somebody would pay $5 in shipping to buy a $5 miniature, but they do. And I I don't know. I don't discount them. They just go for five yeah. bucks. So whatever. But yeah, um, I think it's funny because you sold the, on, the, the magic side of things. I didn't, but it's long. It used to be about 40% of my business. Uh, and that was years ago. Yeah. And, you know, we saw that bubble burst and kind of level off. But we've always been a diversified store. So now, yeah. yeah, my king is miniatures. Despite this year, in 2018, we took D&D miniatures and uh, Reaper miniatures out of the miniatures category and put them in role-playing because we felt that's why people are buying it now. It's not because they're buying it for 40K or whatever. So we put it in RPGs. Despite taking that huge chunk out, miniatures were sold like, about 40% of our business. Oh, yeah. like Games Workshop is in our own, its own department. Yeah, yeah. And it's absolutely on fire. And then the other one was RPGs are just crazy. Board games mm, disappointed a little bit this year for me. But really? and Magic is, yeah. 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 So not, not horrible. I just didn't see a huge spike like I normally do in December. It, 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 there was a spike, but it wasn't as big as last December's. So. 
Yeah, now you got me wondering. Yeah, just I think we did about 170 in board family strategy games. So not yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at it, but yeah. So it, it I, I would say that if I had to pick a winner for me this year, it would be miniatures and role playing games, um, yeah. followed by board games, and then CCGs being the last kind of category. So. Yeah, when you you know when you're stocking WizKids D and D miniatures like 12 and 24 deep, yeah, and they're selling out a lot. That's that's doing well. Anyway, sorry, Tom. That's okay. <laughs> We're ready to end now. <laughs> no, this feels like uh, Return of the King, you know, where there's like three endings. So it just keeps going and going. <laughs> well, see, it's only nine o'clock my time, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I'm at eight, but I'm starting to get hungry. So well, it's 11 o'clock for me. It's almost, bed it's almost bedtime Fair. for me. But, uh, you know, it was great. And the, the follow up, I think, was very interesting as well. So. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Really appreciate it. All right, that's it for this episode of the Metaverse Podcast. I want to thank Gordon for joining me on this episode, as well as John and Wayne for sharing what's been working for them and their businesses in this 2018 holiday season. Don't forget to check out the Sentry Box if you're in Calgary, and you do tell them Tom sent you. Now, I also want to thank you for being a listener of the show. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed in iTunes, and while you're there, you can leave a five-star review. It's been a pleasure being your host, and I will talk to you again in the next episode of the Metaverse Podcast.